Make more birdies. A bottle of bourbon, a little glass, and some ice. This is not a tip. This is a prescription. Trust me. Mm. If you don't, you will fall out of bounds. Welcome to Birdies and Bourbon. Sit down and have a sip. Welcome back, everybody, to the Birdies and Bourbon Show. For those of you that are listening, you may hear a familiar voice in a minute. For those of you who are watching, you may see a familiar face, and you may be thinking, why in the hell do you have the CrossFit guru on a golf and bourbon show? We'll get there. We'll get there shortly. Uh, Matt O'Keefe, CEO of HWPO Training. Thanks so much for joining us, man. We're going to talk some golf. We're going to we're going to have a good time. Uh, but for the folks that don't know you, uh, who is Matt O'Keefe and why are you on this show, by the way? That's a great question. I don't know. I got a DM and I'm here. Yeah, I um, thanks for having me. First of all, I'm a fan and um, it's a pleasure. You know, I'm, I'm psyched to sort of cross over my you know fitness life into my passion for golf. Uh, so, so, yeah, but um, yeah, I'm um Currently, uh, and I've just transitioned. Um, I ran an agency for about five years. Um, that was a sports marketing agency, traditional sports marketing agency. We owned events, some of the largest, uh, fitness CrossFit events in the world. One being our event, Wadapalooza, which is in Miami, huge festival, um, manage a bunch of athletes, uh, fitness focused CrossFit, uh, professional CrossFitters and do a lot of work for brands um, marketing, you know, training stories specifically, and a little bit of golf actually. And that's kind of how some of my life has transferred over to this side of things. Um, but I recently transitioned to, um, I've left that role and, um, I'm going to run, um, a business called HWPO training, which is, you know, uh, functional training for people specifically to CrossFit and we'll branch into other sports and other worlds soon. And we'll evolve over time here with my good friend and client, Matt Fraser, who won the CrossFit games five times. Uh, the, the fittest man in the world. Is that, isn't that the title that uh, kind of comes with uh, the CrossFit champion? Is that it? Yeah, it's fittest, fittest man on earth. We call him, you know, fittest man in history, the goat, you know, so he's, uh, he's incredible. And he's now retired and moved on to this stage of his life where, you know, he's running this business and, uh, well, well-deserved and earned. I'll tell you that if you know anything about Matt, uh, he's, he's, he's earned everything he's got. Yeah, nice. I think uh, I think he's a fellow Tennessean as well. I currently reside in Atlanta, but uh, didn't, didn't he live in Tennessee? He did. He, he spent about half of his career in Cookville, Tennessee, yeah. uh, which is a unique hub of fitness. Um, it just, you know, for those that don't know between Knoxville and Nashville about equidistance. Um, but he was down there for about four years of his career. He's back in Vermont now. So that's where I am today. I'm at his home in uh, Burlington, just outside of Burlington, Vermont. Cool. Gotcha. Weather's been weather's been kind of crazy. Um, I spent some time up at Waterville Valley doing some skiing up there. That's New Hampshire, not Vermont. But uh, what's uh, what was the snow like up there this year? I heard it was decent. It is. It's it's uh, we live in a wacky climate. It's it's um, we get dumped on uh, the winter can be hit or miss. But, you know, like today it was 50 degrees all day. And tonight it's going to get down to like probably in the teens. Um, we have a snowstorm coming. It's um, in you know February, and March get particularly depressing because, you know, March you're, you're up here. You don't play golf year round. Right. Like guys right. like myself are, are gearing up and you always see March and you're like, all right, here we go. We're going to get to play. And then. Sure enough, it's usually like mid-April before you can tee it up. 
Yeah, well, hopefully mud season doesn't come too early and it's, uh, it's short-lived. So, yeah, for those of you in the Northeast that are familiar with mud season. Oh, it's uh, real. I, I had a few questions written down that I was going to hit you with, and you've given me like a dozen more. So, I mean, we may be on here for hours. Who knows? <laughs> uh, my first one is, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay with the CrossFit theme. Well, first off, uh, let me say thanks to Scott Stallings for kind of making the connection for us, if you will. And we'll get to, uh, we'll get to some time in, in Phoenix in a minute. Uh, but what was the wad today? Sorry, you broke up there for a sec. What was the finish? I, yeah, it was, what was the wad today? Oh, today. Well, it's been nothing yet. I think after this call, I'll jump down in the gym. Um, I don't know. It's a good question. I'm, <laughs> I'm getting old, you know, my joints are starting to, to, to feel all the hardcore fitness. So I, I'm generally hopping on a bike or a rower. So I, I don't know today, but I'll, I'll get into something after this. Yeah. All right. So let's, let's get into the golf piece of this. And, uh, so, so hold on, Scott. Uh, following... hold on, hold on yep. Oh yeah. Go so, ahead. so biking and rowing is what you would recommend for people that as, as they kind of get more up there in the age type of thing. Yeah. Good, good question. Yeah. I, I would recommend CrossFit, but the way I do it is more, you know, I, I'm less like hitting heavy weights. Like I'll use lighter weights. Um, I definitely still do a lot of that type of stuff, but it's, it's, uh, really softened. You know, I'll use very light dumbbells or a light barbell. Um, I'll squat very light, you know, um, just to, you know, keep myself moving, but I'll do a lot of body weight stuff like burpees, um, you know, which I think is honestly the best bang for your buck is, you know, you need to get fit, lay down on the floor and stand up as many times as you can in a, you know, in a set period of time and do it repeatedly over a number of days and you're going to get a lot fitter. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I like using rowers and bikes and, you know, a lot of machine stuff. Cause it's just, you know, car, you know, cardio work, you know, gets the heart rate up, gets your lungs going. Um, and you know, you don't really beat up on your joints as much that way. So hold on, right, Dan, hold on, no, hold on. Hold on. Dan, adjust, adjust your camera, adjust yeah. your camera, yeah. mute your microphone, <laughs> and uh, you're doing burpees the rest of the show. Go, yes. Well, isn't the other name for that a bar crawl? <laughs> I've never heard that, but go ahead. Whatever you need to So in terms of the rower, the, I've heard good things about it. I've never actually personally done the rowing machine. I do have a bike, an indoor bike that I, I do quite a bit or whatnot. But is the rower, like, is that something that you would probably recommend, like the cycle and, and the rowing as well? I would say if you were going to buy one piece of equipment mm -hmm. and that's all you could buy, it mm -hmm. would be a rower. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's... um. Cause you can, you know, you can mess yourself up on a rower in two minutes or you can sit on it for a couple of, like an hour, you know, like there's interval work you can do on it. Um, you know, long distance stuff. It's a great way. Cause you're pulling, you're pushing with your legs, you're pulling with your arms. Um, it's a good, you know, it's, it's, it's hard on your core. So it's a really good full body workout. Is there one that you would, I know this is not like a marketing kind of show, but is there like a, a tight that you would steer people towards? on the rowing side yeah so there's a couple companies in our space that have really reliable rowers um assault fitness and concept two concept two is the more historical rower that everybody sees um that you know you've seen a lot in most gyms um and assault fitness has in the last like three or four years come out with a rower they're both amazing uh we use both in competition we use both in training cool cool all right now back to you Cal. that's awesome i love that i love that chat matt all i can say is thank you i had no idea dan was a fitness guy up until this point so so in the spirit of you know kind of what crossfit's all about creating that community staying healthy 
that I mean, I, I think Dan's turning over a new tree here. This is awesome, man. It's awesome. There's, you know, it's interesting. That's like my world's collided, you know, of late with some work that I do with Noble Scott, you know, obviously he's, you know, big CrossFitter, um, and, you know, stays very fit, obviously, but there's a lot of buzz around fitness and golf right now, which is really fun for me because you know, it's probably my two biggest passions. Um, but being fit for golf doesn't hurt. I'll tell you that you carry bag 18, uh, your back, you holds up a little better. There's a lot of things that can transfer to the golf course. We had, so- go ahead, Cal, you want to go first? So we had John Tattersall on uh, a PGA uh, golf professional uh, a couple of years ago, and he was talking about working with Rory. Well, he wasn't actually working with Rory, but they were at the same event and they were talking about doing squats and like Rory showed him the squat and it was kind of terrible or whatnot. And that's the first time I ever heard about like golfers and how important like the squats is. And now you see Rory's a big like tel- Peloton kind of king, right? He's completely transformed his body into being a very fit person. You see JT, Bubba Watson, all these guys. Look at, look at Bubba. How, how, how many pounds has Bubba lost in the last couple of years? Yeah, that's several. Yeah, several. Yeah, crazy. Like they, it, they, yeah. I, I got the chance to um, I was at the Masters a few years back um, and I got to walk most of the day with Rory's agent. Um, I was there with Nike and um, some guys. There's some crossover in golf and fitness at Nike. And they um, they t- his agent talked about how like one of their biggest problems with him was trying to keep him out of the gym. And, you know, he was a big fan of my client, Matt Fraser at the time, like he, you know, he followed him and loved, you know, what he did and wanted to do more of what he did. And they were always trying to hold him back. Like, Hey, okay, listen, like the goal here is to be a better golfer and not a crossfitter. But, um, he, he's one of the, you know, one of the faces of that for sure. Yeah. Like he, he, he does it right. Like those guys all squat and, you know, do a lot of golf specific movements. Um, you know, the way Scott, like I'm a big fan, I mean, I'm obviously a big fan of Scott's uh, yeah. personally, but the way Scott goes about it, I can just see how that works. I mean, you know, the tour is such a competitive space and guys like Scott being out there 12 and 13 years, there's a new crop of hot shots every year. Um, you know, I think, you know, Scott's training has a lot to do with that. Yeah. 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 I forget the, uh, I was listening to another show and they framed the question up with if Tiger Woods, you know, entered the ter- entered the tour, joined the tour 10 years later than he did, would he have the same record that he has today? It's a really good question. I mean, I, I follow the sport closely. I think um, you saw how competitive, you know, it's a really hard thing to assess, obviously, because Tiger had some troubles later in his career. Um, but I'll say, you know, I would guess it had been harder for sure. I mean, he's such a great competitor. I mean, God, I, I feel like he'd figure some of it out um, in his you know, prime if it was later. But, um, man, he changed the game, honestly. So I guess the real question would be, you know, would it have changed if he wasn't there? You know, I mean, he really is the one that dictated that change. So so that's a, that's a great take on it. And that's, you know, and Dan and I were talking and that's kind of what I posed back is I said, well, you know, if you think about, and not to take away from any of these guys, but I mean, if, if you think about the, 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 uh, think about the field that tiger entered into and a lot of the, I'm going to call them elite players, they either hadn't become elite yet 
or they were kind of in the in the winter years of their of their you know PGA career. And you know, I mean, you think about Ernie Els, right? I mean, he I I'm sure every tournament that he entered, he's like, "Hey, is Tiger here? Is he is he actually going to play?" <laughs> yeah, cuz it's like, oh, "Shit, okay, well, second place ain't bad." And and again, I mean, Ernie Els a great player and, you know, major champion in himself, but if you look at what's, you know, what that that kind of aura if you will, I mean, and Again, as it ties back to CrossFit and that, you know, no quit or, or noble mentality is, you know, how, how do you just, it, I'm, I'm going to try harder and, you know, I'm going to play against myself and I'm going to win myself, not necessarily go out and beat the other player. I'm just going to be prepared to the point that when I get there, I know that nobody else is as prepared as I am and, and can produce the results that I'm going to produce. So I'm my own competitor at that point. That's kind of my take and you know, how it, how it jives out, but who like knows it. if the, they would have been that, that. I like it. Yeah, it is. It is interesting. You point out something that I think is really interesting about fitness, you know, intense fitness in general CrossFit is, you know, the mental side of it where I don't think a lot of people get it till they spend a little time doing it where a lot for me, the value, yeah, it is physical, but when I have a choice whether to do something again or not, because I'm in a lot of pain and, and I choose to do it, I develop mentally greatly, you oh. know, and that helps me with adversity. Sure. And, you know, we know who play golf and if you do competitively, the stress that's involved in, you know, you being on an island and in, in having to produce that for yourself in those strenuous moments, it's got to transfer greatly for those guys to be able to, you know, and I think that that's a big piece and an almost unmeasurable piece of, you know, these guys that are training that hard now, I think that's a big, big factor. Yeah. Dan, do you have something? Uh, so, Kind of back to, we were talking about Tiger a little bit and we were talking about workout routines and regimens. What are your thoughts? I think, I think he's on the record and Cal, correct me if I'm wrong, saying that, that running is one of the things that kind of really hindered his career and his ability to kind of, kind of compete long-term. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, I see people running around my block all day long. People, they, they, they love running or whatnot, but I just think that my personal view is that, like you said, sort of like cycling and rowing are just so much more easier on the body and this road that like the running just over time is really kind of take a toll on those knees. It's true. You know, I think, I think, you know, and it's great, you know, to, to hear him say that, because I think, you know, it's funny, we deal with a lot of like, you're going to get hurt doing CrossFit. One of the worst things for your body is running, you know, it just like takes this and especially most people don't run properly. There's very few people that have that perfect form. It's just so hard on your joints. Um, especially when you're a bigger person, um, I've run, you know, I've done, I've tried everything. Like I've just been the tinkerer with fitness my whole life and found a place here where I'm at now. Um, I played college sports and nothing was harder on my body than when I ran a marathon, you know, and, and I've crossfitted for 10 years, you know, and I feel better than I do than I did honestly, when I was probably 25 doing things like that, you know? So, um, yeah, it is interesting. Running is, I mean, I, I wouldn't say don't run if you have, if, if you're going to do anything, if you're going to do something and that's your only choice, like you don't have another choice do it, but it, it is really hard on your knees and your hips. Well, one of the things we see a lot of these guys kind of gravitate to tiger being one of them, Jack as well is this. And we talked to Tattersall about this as well. Cal is that a lot of these guys and RDL is a great, a great point as well is they're all kind of tennis players as well. And it's a little bit easier than just flat out, just running. It kind of gives you that, that cardio as well, but it's got, that's got that different surfaces to it. And it's, you're, you're hitting the ball and there's a lot of just, you know, talent within the whole sport. Right. 
Yeah, it is. You know, it's so, it's so interesting. I think that that's like, that's what's attracted me so much to this is the variability. And I think everybody, you know, the, the bottom line is like, you know, if you can be active and, you know, move laterally and, you know, do, you know, you know, be agile, be athletic. I think that's the, what these guys are probably all trying to find is just, you know, the, we, you know, I was with another athlete today. We were talking about the off season being this like sort of burden on people and, you know, it's, um, you know, I think that's where CrossFit has this big, you know, this big opportunity in the market is it's so variable and so interesting every day. Cause you have no idea what you're getting yourself into most times. Yeah. You know, I, you know, I'm 10 years in still doing different things on a daily basis. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can, I can see the tennis thing because, you know, it's fun, it's competitive, you're playing a sport, you know, you're moving around, you're being athletic. Um, yeah, I, I, I totally understand that. Cool. We, we, I promise we're going to talk golf in, in a minute, but, but I mean, you, the, the get the first. Up and it, I'm just kidding. It, but it's like, I mean, this is good shit, man. So when would you say, Matt, when would you, I would like, when would you say CrossFit really uh, kind of got legs and it was a thing? Yeah, it's a great question. It's, um, it's really popped in the last like five years. Right. But, you know, it, it started to really, um, snowball, you know, about eight, nine years ago. So there was, um, there was some ESPN picked it up. So they were covering the CrossFit games, uh, which is very different than like what an average person would do in the gym. I mean, that's, you know, it's like saying I cycle or do the tour de France. Like, it's just not the same. I mean, it's crazy. Right. And it's even more extreme when you're talking about a games athlete and just somebody who CrossFits. But I think that's where about eight, nine years ago, you know, there was some big, you know, there were some cool characters that entered the space and it was on ESPN, um, which gave it a lot of validity. They moved to a big venue uh, in LA for the CrossFit games, the, the StubHub center, I think they call it now. I was a home Depot center at the time. And there was some stars that emerged that were dominant, you know, at that time, Rich Froning and Annie Thor's daughter from, from um, Iceland. And it, and it just was like this perfect storm of, you know, I think, you know, people were able to, it was a lot like golf too, right? Like a lot of people could see it and it was something that they could go do, you know, um, you know, other sports are harder with, like that, you know, football, there's not a lot of guys that sit in the stands on Sunday that go and, you know, play football all week as a training methodology. It was it. Not everybody's Mark Wahlberg, right? Welcome yeah, yeah, right, right. But it, it's, um, I talk, that's one of the biggest analogies I make between the whole golf world and CrossFit world is it's this user sport, like the consumer plays, um, you know, golfers golf, you know, for business and, you know, they, you know, they, they apply it to so many angles of their life and it's their pastime. CrossFitters do the same, like, when I have a meeting, you know, a serious business meeting, I'll be like, Hey, let's go do a workout and catch up on, on business. Um, you know, I do both, but yeah, it's, um, it really took off, you know, about that time, buddy, nine years ago. And it's, it's like still crazy. The, 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 you know, and I've owned an event for about four or five years now, just to see where that's at today. We just did it in January comparatively to what it was four years ago. is insane. It's, um, it hasn't stopped and it doesn't look like it is. Yeah. So, and so and Matt, correct me if I'm wrong. So Matt Fraser was the first champion and then he followed up with four more championships. Is that right? Did I get that right? Or yes. Sir. That? Yeah. So he, he won in his first in 2016, he had gone to the games prior twice. Um, he finished second in 14 and 15. Um, and so he's, uh, and he won, you know, five in a row. So he wasn't the first CrossFit games champion. There's sure. a couple others that won, but, um, yeah. 
he's certainly the best that's ever stepped on the floor. Um, yeah. And, and, and as the draw, so do you think there were, so as you talked about the, uh, the personalities and what have you kind of getting into, right. And bringing some uh, more exposure, if you will, do you think there were people, were they trying to chase down the Matt Frazier? Were they trying to become the next Matt Frazier, a combination of everything? Or what, what do you think the, the it's so in our chat with Scott Stallings, right. I mean, he kind of says, well, if it wouldn't have been for, Tiger Woods, I don't know if I would be a professional golfer, right? I mean, that was kind of his like, hey, boom, right. there's Tiger. Here's what I want to go do. And I don't know that anybody, I'm sure everybody as a kid said, ooh, I want to beat Tiger Woods one day. But is CrossFit different in the sense of like, hey, that's why I want to, that's why I want to, I, I want to be a CrossFitter. Or is it more so like, ooh, I want to go and, and be better than that? Yeah, I, th I think there's a couple there's a couple of angles on that. There's a lot of youth that entered it. Um, there's a big youth movement over the last four, five, six years. You know, they also spoke to the youth by giving them a platform so they compete at the CrossFit Games in a teen division now. And there's a huge crop of people that just like a kid shooting baskets in the in the driveway saying they're lebron or michael jordan that are saying you know imitating matt matt's um and, and matt uniquely is just uh an incredible character um he's just so you know he's so true to his values and everything with him is about just working his butt off and in no talk all work and he's got a really you know uh, gravitating story you know matt went through recovery at a really young age um, I think he got sober at 18 years old. Um, he broke his back trying to be an Olympian in weightlifting. Um, his back was essentially, you know, um, you know, against the wall and he had a surgery. They told him he might not never, he might never walk again. And, you know, here he was, you know, training and becoming the fittest man in history. You know, that, that, that sort of character in the space is the face was incredibly helpful to that youth movement. Um, I don't think that people walk in the gym like me at 30, you know, I think I started CrossFit at like 33 years old and say like, Hey, I want to go to the CrossFit games there. You know, there's probably some delusion, but there's a master's division now too. Like they've, you know, it's, it's, you know, there's, there's something for everyone, but yeah, I mean, honestly, it's, it's relatable to golf in that it's like, you know, you watch these guys and, you know, their greatness and, and sort of um, the insane things that they do and put out on the floor. And it inspires you to, you know, to work hard. I think that's really what it is more than anything else. It's, it's, uh, it's the hardest sport in the world. Like I, I you know, and I, that doesn't discredit anything anybody else does, but Matt Fraser chose in, intense pain for his line of work on a daily basis. Mm. You know, we're talking like bad pain and, you know, sure. you know, when you are in it or get to watch it and consume it a little, you kind of relate to it and you're like, damn, that's, that's inspiring stuff. I, I need to get myself off the couch. Yeah, no, no doubt. Dan, how many burpees are you up to, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> He's burped like four times. Yeah. All right. So I, I said we're getting the go. Let's get into some golf. You you didn't come out here to talk about oh, CrossFit. Hold on, Cal, real quick. Oh, um, no. Never mind. Yeah. More, Dan, Dan's so, going in. Dan's a fitness guru now. now. How, yeah, exactly. Um, do you have any recovery days are you doing a week now? Or do you do? Yeah. You know, we work on a, like a generally and most people in fitness would be, you know, three days on one day off. So I usually work out, you know, with my schedule, it's really hard. I travel a ton. I probably work out four or five days a week. Um, 
So I absolutely no doubt rest two days a week. Um, that's not the case for people at the professional level. Uh, they rest fully one day a week and they do a light day one day a week, which would be like swimming or, or a long bike or something like that. But yeah, for, for guys like us, it's, you should rest a couple of days a week. Okay. And then one last question. I'll let Cal get to golf. I promise you travel, <laughs> you travel a lot. Give us, give us like, how do you, how do you eat clean on the road? really hard that's one of the hardest like i even still today struggle with that um but it's not i mean in the end it's a choice Mm -hmm. and you know it's hard to go to a restaurant and see something really good on a menu and not order it um and you know i succumb to that often too but you know and it's it's kind of my north why i work out you know i work really hard to not worry as much about those things Mm -hmm. but yeah i mean it isn't i mean it's hard but it's not like honestly it's just like get rid of some of the you know the 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 bread and pastas and like eat rice and vegetables and meat like it's not that complex but it's boring at times and it's okay to not be perfect with that stuff you know it's about the journey and and, you know if you can do that you know four or five days a week and you know you take a couple off it's fine like that's more practical for for guys like us you know and when you travel honestly that's so hard and if you're really busy but you know i'd say you know if you make a couple good choices a day and maybe one bad that's better than making three bad choices yeah there you go perfect yep and i hope you're writing some of this down if not i wrote it down for you (laughs) i can't get off off the floor (laughs) uh okay maybe we're gonna talk off now i don't know dan may have more fitness questions i i doubt it i uh, I didn't even know he had any fitness questions but clearly he does i I don't know he's really trying to set a um I think he's trying to impress you. What do I think he's said? I like it. They're great questions, honestly. I hope they help somebody. Right, they help me. Uh, That's fun. Uh, let's head to the Phoenix Open. Oh, uh, yes. You uh, clearly, have, I guess, I'm, well, I'm assuming I should make any assumptions here. You know Scott Stallings through CrossFit, I presume? Yeah, we, we – um, we became friends through our mutual love of CrossFit fitness. You know, he's um, – you know, I've, I, like, I was a fan of Scott's before. I'm a huge golf fan. Like I play, uh, I have my, most of my life, my adult life particularly. And, um, you know, I follow the tour probably more than any sport that I follow. Um, so I've known Scott. I remember, I told him when I first talked to him, I remember when he won at the Greenbrier, um, you know, and he was a Husky kid wearing Under Armour and, you know, big ears and, you know, you know, on that funky 18th. He's going to be so pissed when he hears this. You call him Husky kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you, yeah. Well, I can get away with that now. But he, um, but he, um, he and I connected through like maybe, you know, some Instagram stuff, honestly, like he was a big fan of Matt and the pandemic kind of brought us really close. He, um, we were looking for unique ways to, you know, raise money for things. And, um, you know, we, we I ran a, on a whim, a fundraiser, um, you know, fitness related, a 24 hour live broadcast through YouTube. And I asked Scott to participate. We raised a half a million dollars to, to give to people to nice. you know, help them support their fitness through this terrible time. And, um, he kind of jumped in. I was like, Hey, you know, I'm a huge fan. I would love it for you to come on and at, like do a segment, talk about golf fitness. Then we did some podcasting with Matt and he and I, he and I have just become close through that. We have 
very similar interests. He's, you know, I, I've seen him a bit when he's come up, um, like when he come up for the playoff he used to be in Boston. Yep. And, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm a member at a course up there. So, you know, funny, I didn't even realize those guys would play a practice round and then maybe go play golf somewhere else that same day. So like he'd come over and play, um, you know, one day he came over with Scott Brown, you know, another day just by himself. But like, anyway, we, we, um, we just became close over some time with that, you know, when he would be in Boston, we'd work out, you know, if I was on the road and could bump into him in Tennessee or, you know, wherever he might be on tour in Florida or whatever, I'd try to get to get, get together with him and get a workout in really. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so again, the reason that, uh, you know, I've reached out, you said you checked off a bucket list item. Uh, you, got <laughs> car- you got to carry the bag on tour. Um, I think you carried on a Monday practice round for Scott and, and at, at the greenest, the greenest show on turf, <laughs> show on grass, I, whatever, whatever they label it as. I don't know. After seeing the 16, uh, you know, all the beer cans getting chucked. I mean, maybe they thought that was the recycling bin. My, my first question, definitely not my last is, are you a little disappointed that you weren't the first person to flash the crowd? Because I've heard <laughs> that you like to show off your chest a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Most crossfitters do. I tell him, so when we were walking down 15, getting ready to play 16, and he was like, you know, he told me the night before, like, you're going to hit a shot on 16. And I was like, what? Like, mm. okay. So I hit a practice shot on 15. <sighs> was, you know, his advice was like, hey, hit a wedge into 15 just so that you get the nerves off. And when we walked in, he's like, he's like, what, how you feel? I'm like, I- I'm going to knock this in. That's how I feel. Like I you, I'm, and he's like, wow, that's a bold statement. I'm like, listen, n- nobody ever knows that when, after you didn't knock it in, nobody talks about how you were talking crap about knocking it in mm-hmm. before. And I said, and I might take my clothes off sure. and run up this horse. But, um, <laughs> so that was my plan. Was it was that practice round with Higgs or Damon, by the way? It, it was not. And I heard okay. some rumblings when I was there that those guys were goading him um, to take his shirt off, you know, and they were like, we'll pay your fine. We'll pay your fine. Just take your shirt off, you know. And so that when that played out on su- Sunday, I think it was or whatever, that was that was really, you know, it's funny as I was texting with um, his media guy, you know, as he was following him around because, you know, it was hard to follow Scott, particularly other than through shot link or whatever. And, yeah, and sure. he, um, he's like, what was that roar on, on 16? Something, something did, did another person hole out? I was like, no, Higgs just took his shirt off. And he told Scott immediately. And he said, Scott melted laughing because he was like, yes, that's great. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so for, uh, so had you been to, um, TPC Scottsdale before? I had. Yeah. Yeah. That was Scott's first question when they reached out about me helping out. And, um, and he, he said, have you ever been, I'm like, well, I've been to two bachelor parties there. So I know nothing about, I don't remember them, but I was there. (laughs) Yes. I was on 16 for about 12 hours, two different days. And that's all I know about the place. Yeah, Yeah, sure. Yeah. So, uh, so what was it like, man? I mean, uh, you know, I mean, did, did you, you're there, you're, you're behind the ropes with them. You, I mean, you're warming up, you're practicing. It was a pretty solid field uh, at Phoenix. Mm, I mean, you, damn you had good a lot, field. Damn you know, good lots, field. Yeah. lots of names there. Yeah. Uh, what, what's the, like, you get there, you're ready. I mean, you, you want to give us an overview of the day? Yeah, honestly, it was like, you know, uh, it's funny. I, th- this kind of ties back. Like I have caddied in a big event before I caddied in the U S amateur one year for a friend that I played a lot of golf with on the state circuit in Massachusetts. So kind of got like a little taste of like that part of it. Sure. Um, 
not obviously at this this level, but uh, it was at the um, the Country Club in Brookline that year that uh, I think um, Fitzpatrick won um, the U.S. Amateur. But the um, I've always called myself Matt Fraser's caddy in the space, <laughs> you know, because I've I was always his coach, um, but I'm not really his coach. But what I would be is, you know, when he would go compete. I would, you know, be on his coaching band and I would carry his bags and I'd be there before he'd go on the floor and, you know, tell him, you know, I love you, crush it. You know, when he come off, I'd, you know, I'd say good job, pat him on the butt, like, you know, just sort of similar to what a caddy might do in a lot of ways. And uh, sure. so I was fully prepared, honestly, but they, um, man, it was, you know, I'm such a, like, I guess, you know, people that listen to this probably can, you know, are, you know, massive golf fans. It was like a dream come true. Like I, my whole life have watched so much golf. I remember my first golf real memory was watching Jack Nicholas win the masters in 86 with my dad. And, um, and we all know that that time of year, every year is probably our favorite weekend, right? Like I just, to be able to be out there, um, and you know, I'm such a geek on all the stats and like, you know, every one of those kids, whether they're new or old and just be like standing around on the range and the short range with those guys. Um, I mean, you know, I wasn't like, you know, I wasn't starstruck because I've been around a lot of that in my life with my work and, you know, um, and it, it was just, it was honestly, I was, I, I kept thanking Scott for, you know, allowing me to be there for the day and, and being able to, to, to experience that. And he kept thanking me because he's like, Hey, you gave John the day off. Like he didn't have to carry the bag today. That was huge. You know? And I'm like, you're helping me out. You know, I, I mean, I'll do this every Monday. If you want, I'll follow, I'll follow the guys around the tour. You know, it, it, it was like, it was so cool. And, you know, I got to spend subsequently the next couple of days, and take full advantage of the credentials that I had. And I walked with him on his practice rounds inside the ropes. And, um, you know, it's just, you know, it's, it's awesome to kind of humanize some of those guys and, and, you know, get to meet them and, you know, Scott being proud of me and all my work and introducing me that way to these people. And, um, you know, meeting some people that I'm, you know, man, I've watched for a long time in my life and, you know, looked up to and tried to emulate through golf and, you know, geeked out on and cheered for through the TV. Uh, it was, it was such a special moment. Who, who did you get to, who did you get the chance to see? And I mean, all of them, all um, of them. Yes. You know, who, who, of them. Who'd you play the practice round with? Um, we played with his Zurich partner. I'm sorry. I don't remember his last okay. name. Um, super super nice guy um and they share they share a statistician um i'm trying to think of the guy's name i'm embarrassed i don't remember okay. uh, yeah, we'll get it in a minute yeah yeah so he he um he played the black the practice round um but man like i think you know i mean it, it was we were on the range and like ricky Fowler was next to scott most of the time and you know scott's coach coaches a, a number of other guys and you know, Branch Snedeker was around. Like, I just like sure. remember Ryder Cup moments with guys like him. You know, I just like, I'm, I'm like hours a day on TV watching guys like that. You know, it's um, Gary Woodland. Like, you know, I just, you know, I'm probably uniquely in tune with a lot of 
guys that maybe even some people that follow golf don't know that I just like, I look at and I think of the history, like I, he was hitting neck to Scott Percy, which is a really perfect example. I think Scott's had a little bit of a struggle the last few years in terms of on, on tour. But I remember being at the masters when Scott had a chance to win, Um, you know, and, and just like, I'm just such a historian just to see like, you know, guys that have hoisted the, the, the Claret jug. And I'm like, man, this is wild. You know, Justin Thomas, you know, Kepka, it was, um, I mean, I love history and just yeah. to, you know, to be around some of that was super cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you mentioned it and, and by the, so TPC Scottsdale is, I, I wouldn't say it's, I mean, there's obviously, obviously a lot of Hills around there. I wouldn't say that Scottsdale is overly hilly, but I mean, there's some ups and downs and, uh, it, it's, it, there's a lot of walking that can happen there especially if you're not walking the course, if you're walking outside the, you know, if you're, you're walking as a fan. Um, but was there at any point in time where you like, Holy shit, like somebody does this for a living, meaning carrying the bag, not, not playing golf, but the, the, you know, you gave John a break. Are you like you doing this for a living, man? I mean, that's a, that's the hall. Yeah, honestly, I, I, you know, and I've car- I, I try to carry my bag when I play um, as yeah. much as I can, but um, that's a different bag. And when I, I did identify that, you know, and, you know, like I try to relate to like what it's probably like through the weekend too, because I'm sure there's an immense amount of stress. Like that's a different carry on Thursday than it is Wednesday, Monday, Tuesday. Right. Cause it's right. the cat. Like it's honestly, it's probably one of the most understated roles in sports. It's uniquely one of the only roles in sports where you're on the field with your player and, you know, those guys are in the game, like, and locked in like those, you know, professional caddies are professional. Like those guys are legit and, um, they play, you know, a huge role mentally, uh, you know, I mean, anybody who plays golf knows if you're not committed, you're not hitting the shot you want to hit. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, carrying the bag around that day, I mean, I didn't struggle, but I was like, man, I can't imagine seven days a week on a run of four or five, six weeks in a row, what this is like. And it kind of like brought me to, they like, kept saying, thank you. And I'm like, oh, I kind of get it now. Like having a day off from lugging this right. thing must be a treat. Um, so yeah, it's, um, it, that, that's a, that's a tough line of work. Yeah. If, uh, so if, if you get a chance, well, let me rephrase that. When you get a chance to do it again, uh, what, what, what course would you like to caddy at? Not play, but what course would you like to carry the bag? It's a great question. I mean, everybody would steer themselves towards Augusta, I Mm. think, but that's a really unrealistic thing to think you'd be a part of. Um, I'll certainly be there if he's there walking every day, watching him. Um, yeah. You know, um, I, I think, I think of like, you know, great atmospheres, um, like, you know, being able to walk places in England that, you know, you know, maybe, you know, a British open type mm-hmm. of atmosphere, like mm-hmm. just brings sure. you back to the home and the history of it. Great U S open venues, um, which I've had the privilege of carrying at an amateur <clears throat> in and played quite a bit at, um, I love the old, venues you know like that traditional golf like marion marion like i'd love to be on a bag at marion for a u.s open for a day like on a monday like that that's some old golf oakmont like i would love to be at places like that you know um so i'm you know i mean obviously that those are like the top of the heap and there's a lot of preparation that'll go into something like that but i'm happy to lug and let john prepare at something like that (laughs) nice (laughs) so the the answer is yes so we we may we'll 
can circle back to Phoenix if we need to. You, you mentioned a couple times, uh, you know, you you uh, you mentioned some amateur stuff. I think you played. Uh, you've you've gone through a few qualifying rounds yourself, right? Hold on, hold on, Cal. Did we did we get how he did on 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 the on sixteen? <laughs> it, was a, it, it was a practice round, and he 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 talked about what he wanted to talk about. Yeah, so I okay. figured he wanted to move on. There. I, he to move on. I hit a shot. That's for sure. Scott stood behind with the video and commentated. I have a really good video of this, and I was pretty nervous, by the way, and uh, didn't expect to be. I'm like, whatever. It's like there's not that many people here yet, but the stadium is like it gets you. Yeah, and. I hit a great shot, honestly, kind of the way I wanted to hit it. I hit like a Perfect. little high drop, but the wind was hucking across. Yeah. And it got up in the air and he was like, oh, wow, you hit a great shot. You flushed it. He's like, oh, bad caddy. He's like, you're going to get booed. And it missed the green left. <laughs> and so that was, I missed just left between the two bunkers, funny enough. And there's not a lot of room there, but um, that that was my that was my 16 shot that's, that's an awesome story that's so you, a, i'm so, so glad got we got clarity on, on that. 16 <laughs> what's that you got booed on 16 i did um i did get booed yeah and you know what like if you love golf and watch enough of this i've been there for a practice round before like you know and seen some of that booing you know even the players get booed so i was yeah. like you know what? whatever it's, it's you fun. Know? it's fun i talked a lot of crap that i was gonna knock it in i didn't even hit the green and if you hit the hey, shots so- you wanted to hit that's all you needed to do right hey there you go <laughs> unfortunately that doesn't get in in the hole yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. i have one funny last open um phoenix open yeah. piece that i think was really funny so he when we got in the parking lot he handed me the, the yardage book kind of like you know how to use this thing? And I was like, yes, I know how to use this thing. And so, but I was so nervous. One of the things I was nervous about was being, keeping up, you know, how does he like to prepare for a shot? I mean, it's preparation, it's practice. And so like, does he want, you know, does he expect to have his number like right away or I'm like, John, like how quick does he need this? Cause I had the laser and he was like, dude, don't even stress about it. He's like, just take your time. And I'm like, I'm just going to laser. And so I get to, I can't, I think it was like the 12th hole is a power five on the back. And I was, you know, I was like, I'm going to use a book on this hole. We were joking around and it was a layup hole because he had hit it a little right. And he had to lay up this like a waste area in front of the green. And I'm playing with the book and I turn around and, and Scott was laughing because he's like, Oh, I bet you're really expecting your first, you know, real, you know, yardage to be witnessed by bones. And so bones had walked up and I was like, Oh, wow. Like I'm such a huge fan of him. Like I was like, this is, and he started to needle me too. And I'm like, Scott, you're just going to have to figure this out. Out here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally froze. Perfect. That's awesome. <laughs> Love that. Uh, I get it though, but you don't want to mess his rhythm up, right? I mean, you're kind of setting the pace for the week and how everything's going to flow through. And it's like, I mean, if they're giving you shit like that, it's like, hey, then I get it. You go ahead. So yeah, I, did, I tried to stay out of the way the best I could. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's fun. Cal, before you leave Phoenix, um, so did you have any any great dining in Phoenix? Did you go to like Bianco Pizza or anything like that? Oh, you know, Scott is a foodie. And mm-hmm. so we went, we went to a, a taco, like a fancy taco place. I don't even know. I was just okay. like along for the ride, yeah. but it was amazing. And then I had sushi one night. You know, I do some work with Noble, um, and they, they're about to now announce tour. Well, they did today, I think, a tour partnership. Um, cool. So and we were there servicing some of that. So we went out with some. The tour officials have all their 
spots where i mean I, I went to some great places i have no idea what the names of them are cool that's good yeah, that's some good food there for sure yeah benefits benefits <laughs> uh, yeah I mean, it's, it's give and take right so, uh, all right. So let's fast forward a little bit. Let's, or I guess we're going to rewind. Uh, so let's, uh, so what about, uh, you know, you, you, I think you've, uh, qualified or you, you've been playing, you played in some local, uh, or some state amateurs and, uh, what, what, what's that look like in the past and where's that going looking forward? Yeah, I, you know, um, I played some, you know, college athletics and, you know, I was looking, I, I didn't really like, I golfed casually when I was growing up a little bit. Like I play like, you know, whatever, five, six times a year, like a lot of people do. And you know, I was lucky enough, fortunate enough to be a member at a club for, with my family. Right. And when I graduated and my sort of competitive athletic career was over, I was like, you know what? I was like, a, I don't know, probably like 12 handicap at the time. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to put some energy towards this and see where I can how, go with it. How dare you? My and, goodness. Cal, and I like, 12 handicap. Just, just a 12, I, just a 12. Cal, yeah. just a 12. <laughs> <laughs> and I it quickly clicked for me. Like I'm competitive as hell. And, um, and I've always, you know, been fortunate enough to be pretty athletic and pick things up pretty quickly. And, you know, I was, quickly competing you know i was trying to qualify for state ams massachusetts has a cool rich golf history francis were met won a bunch of our amateurs and um we've got tour players james driscoll um there's there's a lot of great golfers that have come matt Prezzelli, who played was the fireman who played in uh, at the masters um who's a current great golfer in mass but anyway i, I you know i said you know what whatever I, you know I'll, I'll start to try to you know qualify i was over 25 at the time so mid-am was in play so I started trying to do anything I could state and national. Uh, my handicap was low enough that I could put my name in for anything at that point. So I just literally tried to get a ton of experience because what I wasn't ready for qualifying was what that meant. Um, mm -hmm. People who haven't competed golf competitively, mm -hmm. you could play 20,000 rounds with your buddies and you play that first round where you can't move on to the next hole unless that ball goes in the, the hole and it's all where, on you where the rules really count right the the the, the whole things in it was an out-of-body experience honestly um you know and uh you know it it, it 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 brought everything like into you know reality on how good those guys really are you so, know and so what uh, were your um your key sports growing up you said you weren't a golfer yeah, I played, I played, um, everything, honestly. And in, in high school, I played basketball, uh, baseball, basketball, and soccer. And then in college, I played a little bit of, um, football and, you know, I didn't play football in high school, but I kicked, um, and, and then converted to some other positions, but I played football and baseball in, in college. You're just really, um, you're he's super athletic Cal. That's what it is. <laughs> BC, yeah, I went to Boston college. Yeah. 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 So it's a, so he's a winner all the way around. He's a winner all the way around. Exactly. Yeah, we try, we try. <laughs> I hit my limits, you know, so I've never had a ton of like, you know, I've got the, the golf thing has been my maker, you know, like, again, I, I mean, I don't want anybody to have a party for me. I get around. All right. And I, I enjoy it. But I think it's like when you get, I want to win, you know, when I play golf, like I have my club championship or the state am or the mid am, you know, I'm not happy unless, you know, your name's on top of a leaderboard. And I never had that, but I've, I've had some success. You know, I've qualified for some stuff in, on the state level. I had a near miss for a national tournament where I, you know, I, I classify it as a joke where I knew where I stood and, um, I was, they, you know, they happen, they happen. 
Yeah, two two holes to play in a state. I mean, in a national, so USGA mid amateur qualifier, and I bogeyed the last two holes to miss by a shot. Um, so yeah, but I put it down honestly. So I got really busy with my career, and I didn't play golf for about five years, um, like maybe once a year. Had young kids, and then the pandemic hit, and we were all stuck in our homes. But uniquely, the club that I'm a member at had limited rules like it was private property you could do more things there than anywhere else so my son's 12 i was like you know what let's go play some golf so i got back into it in the last couple of years and i got the bug back you know i'm like you know i'm thinking about competing again I'm, I've, I've started to get back my game that i i want to you know have back and um so it's it's a, it's a blessing and a curse, honestly. Cause like, I'm this guy that, you know, needs to be on the range all the time. Making sure I have feel. It's like, I'm like, shit. like, all right. Like I got, I got a lot going on right now. Like I gotta, I gotta keep this in perspective. So you th- you're thinking, yes, you think you're going to, going to give it a run? I do. I think, um, you know, I'll probably this summer probably put my name in for some stuff. Like my handicaps yeah. back down to scratch. And mm. I, um, I think that I'll, I'll, um, and I feel like I can play to it now very comfortably. So I, I just, I think <clears> that, you know, at this point, I know what the feeling is going to be like to be back out there, but I'll probably try to qualify for the state am the state mid am. Cool. Nice. Um, I won't do anything national this year, but I think that that's, um, I could, you know, that'll be fun for me. You know, I, I'll be, I'd love to get back into that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, awesome. I mean, that would be awesome. Yeah. If you don't want to carry your own bag, I know there's kind of mixed things that happen during those, but I mean, I, <laughs> I you know, my, my, my tournament career was always with my dad on the bag, which is, man, I think I could have won maybe some of these tournaments if that wasn't the case, but, but it was a good, good father son experience. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Uh, all right. So I said no curveballs, but here they come. Hmm. Um, so just, uh, one of the best ways to ask, ask it is direct. So we've got this new super league fired up over here. And if we, yep. if, if it is, anybody's been watching uh golf channel or, I mean, I think it even made the today show uh, yesterday or Did it really? know, a wow. couple days ago. Yeah, there were two. Yeah. So what about Phil's comments? And you can say <laughs> oh, no comment. Lord. Yeah, it's like, okay. Yeah. It's such an, an interest, uh, by the way, which ones would be the question? Because there are many, and I think like he's taken a unique pr- approach approach to how to be, you know, gain visibility through, you know, being very vocal of late. Yeah. Um, huge Phil Mickelson fan. Trust me. We are too. Yeah, um, we are too. Um, but yeah, I think, man, you know, like the whole thing's kind of crazy to me because, you know, again, I'm in a starter sport and like understanding moving pieces. We've had a near schism like that um, recently where, you know, we we're all actually thinking about starting our own thing and, you know, I just have a hard time looking at like things sometimes look differently than they do when they start. Right. But we're talking about a different scenario here, right? Like the Stanley cup was something different before it became the Stanley cup, you know, the NFL and the AFL were a thing before this whole, you know, thing we love today existed with a lot of fighting and figuring out what the right way to do it was. But the one thing, you know, and I, I'm learning a little of the nuance inside the tour from some player friends. And, you know, and I know there's a lot of things there that, you know, maybe I can't even relate to, but I I find this whole thing. I mean, it's hard for guys. If, if, if all that money's in your face and you're later in your career, I'd say like, why wouldn't you do it? Um, 
because a guy like Phil Mickelson, I'd be like, okay, cool. Like you can play every major because those guys, I don't care what they're all saying is like the master's not going to let the three time masters champion play in their, their event. It's like, okay, cool. So you're going to still be president on the global stage and you're going to get what 50, 80 million that they're going to guarantee a guy like that. It's like, and you know, he's uniquely a guy that would be like, who cares about my legacy with that stuff? I did it all. Like, I just like, if it was a personal decision for me, um, I just have a hard time with that. Like I'm such a golf historian and traditionalist where for me, it's like, you know, what I think is being presented, um, is a lot of opportunity immediately. I don't know how that's going to play out long haul. I actually don't know that it's going to be successful if I was going to bet, you know, it's just, you know, and I've dealt a lot with that region of the world. Right. So we have a lot of CrossFit events there Hmm, and they are an incredible supporter of what we do, but I know when they do things, they're not necessarily, um, business units there for spectacle. And so, you know, I don't know, like, I don't know enough about some of those intentions, what the long play is, but when you're talking about investing billions of dollars into something like that um you know you need the needle to move fast for it to make a lot of sense to work long haul and i don't there's no fast play in sports especially when you're fighting a force like the tour like i don't know how that plays out again now if half the big names jump ship i just i don't i mean honestly it's not that interesting to me overall if you know if a guy like scott went and played i'd watch because i love the guy you know um but you know I don't know. I I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm a tour guy. Like I, I want to watch PGA tour golf. I want to watch the tournaments that I've watched for the last 30 years and the storyline continue, and, you know, watching, I've watched tournaments that meant nothing 20 years ago now that are the biggest moments in kids' lives. Like I want to watch that play up. Yeah. You know? yep. Yeah. That you, you can't create, you know, you don't have history until you create it, but then there's some nostalgia to that history that just, it takes time and, yeah, I, I don't. I don't know what the the good point is, but yeah, some of this stuff is kind of a head scratcher to me. And it's like, well, wait a minute, who's really driving all the noise here? Because you know, we lost the uh, we lost the Bryson and Brooksy uh, conversation. You know that that one that one kind of the the WWF role kind of played itself <laughs> out. And now all of a sudden, there's really no spark in things. And now it's like, you know, I'm I'm almost looking. I know I'm off topic a little bit. It's still golf, but I'm looking at this thing and I'm going like, hey do we, can we get somebody to be a martyr out here for us? It's exactly. like, Hey, what, what do you, what do you have to lose? Yeah. What do you have to gain? And would you be, I, so I, I almost look at this stuff. as like, it's, it's kind of that, the Vince McMahon thing of, Hey, would you be the guy that kind of falls on the bullet for this and let people uh, chatter about it? So Cal, go, you first, you go, you first. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I think the interesting point, like I think they lost a lot of steam when Bryson went public the other day and said, I'm not going to do it because sure. for me being a fan, looking at it from a distance, I'd say he's a shoe in, you know, because he just like one of those kids that I think would look at it uniquely differently than maybe people who would care about some of the things I'm talking about. Right. And, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, from the sports marketing angle, looking at him, I debated this a bit with Scott where I was like, dude, he's an idiot. If he signs that deal, because if he can, conti- he's made 30 million on the tour already. Okay. He's what still in his twenties. The endorsement money wanes in a situation like that. If they don't gain steam, he's going to make hundreds of millions of dollars playing golf on the PGA tour. He's guaranteed to make 130 million on that and maybe not see a whole lot more than that, depending on how that plays out. But I thought, you know, okay, this kid is one that I see because he's a unique individual saying, 
whatever i'll do it who cares screw the tour and when he said no i was like this thing's not sure this isn't gonna work like who's gonna do it like you know ian Poulter. like i don't want to watch ian Poulter play golf every sunday you know yeah well i think it went yeah. it went dj first and then bryson on sunday and then that was the gone it's gone now. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. i didn't yeah. ever think that dj would make that and he was like, oh, he, he didn't say no until sunday and then uh, and then yeah, bryson some- did it right afterwards you know yeah Sometimes it doesn't even look like he wants to play on the PGA. <laughs> much, much less travel halfway around the world. Wouldn't you love to be him, though? Because, like, you just, like, you put your energy into it and focus for, you know, a short period of time, and you're the best player in the world again. Mm. And then you're like, you know what? That's hard work. I'm going to take a little bit of time off here. I've got two goals. I'm going to play yeah. some golf for 16, 18 weeks, 19 weeks a year. And then, when I, you know, and then a couple of years from now, I'll be like, this is annoying that I'm not at the top anymore. And he'll get himself back there. I mean, that guy is insane. Uh, he's the know? one. He's it, the one guy. It, it's like, from a frame and swing perspective, it's like, this guy's like the ultimate golfer. I mean, he's got the frame, he's got the swing. I mean, good. And he's, and he's a goldfish and he's a goldfish. So like if he hits a bad shot, he erases it 10 seconds later, you know, it's just ridiculous. He's like, man, like that's, you know, it is interesting to like, I, geek out on that sort of stuff like what what tigers accomplish and i I've, I've related this to matt at times but you know it's like winning one thing is tough and then the next is tougher because these things sort of you know start to surmount on you and it's it's um you know you know you never know like winning the masters like you know what's everybody's moment where they're like screw it i'm all set you know like i've done what i wanted to do you know and the greatness you see from a guy like tiger is like it's unrelatable it's like dude what drives you that you're worth a billion dollars and you've won everything you've set foot on any golf course you you wanted to really put your energy into you've done it and you're continuing to drive you know it's you're even seeing his drive kind of when I think the injury will help bring that back yeah. uh, because people don't think he can. I yeah. think that's probably the why, mm-hmm. right? Like you can't. So mm-hmm. okay, I'll prove you yeah. I can, you know, mm-hmm. but you know, you see that. What, so, you know, you can kind of understand the DJ thing. It's like, what else is there to prove or do, you know, the, ki- the kids won multiple majors. He's won the FedEx cup. He's probably worth a hundred million bucks. It's like, all right. Well, Steph Curry had a good quote about this. Steph Curry was on the record and he said, I've got nothing left to prove. I've got plenty more to accomplish. I like that. That's drive. That's honestly, that's, you know, you know, that is, that is intense drive. Um, Proving things is a really good, um, you know, driver, you know, you know, when you, you know, and you can create that, like, you know, I, I, I create that, you know, I work around a lot of athletes that even, you know, and I've watched Matt through his career that with this too, where it's kind of like, all right, we've won four of these, like we're going for five, the best ever, like creating narratives in your own head to drive yourself. But you know, that, that stuff, um, that stuff's an incredible, uh, inspiration for, for athletes. But, but know, I, Steph's, I, Steph Curry's I, probably I a little can, unique. Yeah, he is. I think you can correlate the two, right. And, and, you know, you, if you've, if you've listened to Scott talk at all, I mean, he's talk about being, you know, getting in shape and being healthy and he ties in a little bit of the, the mental aspect of it. And, and I'm sure for yourself, it's like, you know, uh, you know, Hey Matt, how did, you know, what workouts do I need to do to be stronger? What workouts do I need to do to get better at this and better at that? And for anybody that's worked out, right. I mean, it's like, well, it's, it's okay. I, you know, I did this many reps. How do I get to the next one? And a lot of it is, I mean, yeah, you probably get your body to a point of exhaustion, but then there's still a little something left that becomes that mental part that you just have to do next. And, and I think that that's kind of the the tie in right between CrossFit and golf. It's, and, 
and it's not about, Hey, winning the tournament. It's, it's about that. The whole accomplishment of it. No, I want to go out. I want to do, you know, this is what I'm going to do. And it becomes more mint, a lot of physical to get you to the point, to be able to make that decision that you're going to do that next, whatever that next repetition is, but that that's kind of the tie in, right? Yeah. It's, it's, um, hundred oh, percent. Like the, you know, the, the, the mental side is the most interesting piece for me with golf, because I just know how much harder the mental side of golf has become for me, the older I've got, you know, got. So it's, it's one of those things where like, you know, the Nick follows of the world kind of like giving it up because he lost his edge. You know, yeah. I can relate to that. Like your nerve changes over time and you know, your ability to sort of control, um, you know, things you want so much and being able to pursue them. It's like, you know, um, when you get older, like that's, what's so incredible about like Phil winning the PGA and he's even spoken to some of it, like how hard his life has gotten to be able to be at that level to win mm-hmm. and things he's had to do and sacrifice to be able to do it. Nutrition, mm-hmm. mental preparation, you know, what he described after the PGA championship, to all of us about like the stuff he did every shot and at night in the mental prep, I was like, that is exhausting. You know, what he did, like him winning that could be one of the greatest feats in the history of sports. Like there's no argument in that. Like he, it's just because the golf is such a mental game and that edge when it goes, it's really hard to, you know, it's, 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 you know, it's biology. It's stuff that you can't even control. Like for him to be able to overcome some of that stuff is it's honestly wild to me. Cal, we're going to go two hours plus on this because holy cow, this is so much fun. Um, you hit on this mental note with Phil and I remember the exact type of things you're talking about in terms of what he was Matt talking just said, about. The there. hell we are. Would you think about like uh, Matt Wolf and Osaki uh, or uh, Osaka, uh, Naomi Osaka on the tennis side and, and the sports and, and the TV rights today and how challenging it is for an athlete to be able to compete at that kind of professional level because it's just you got cameras everywhere and look at look at like in two two or three weeks at over at the players championship you talked about you know watching scott every single shot will be viewable on their app at the pga championship right and we talk about this in 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 you see like matt wolf and osaka in terms of their mental you know they have challenges with this or whatnot so I bring that back to to Phil and, and what he was talking about there. Number one, Cal, I, I would love to see the odds on Phil tapping in that 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 putt at the um, at the um, the PGA Championship. And and what are the odds that he lost KPMG? To, uh, you know, less than eight months later, I would love to see the odds on that. But back to the mental illness thing, what what are you guys? I mean, in terms of mental capability from a CrossFit perspective, you know, like, oh, I can't do that. You know, talk about how that helps. I mean, you talked about it a little bit earlier, but how does that kind of tie into that and, and the ability to kind of grow that part of the game? I, I think it's probably the highest value for the, you know, obviously there's incredible physical value that comes out of any fitness and CrossFit's included in that. I think the separator for CrossFit is what you're describing, which is, you know, when you meet intense adversity, which is in, insane pain and suffocation, generally that's the form that CrossFit will issue it to you in and you prove to yourself that your body and mind can stretch beyond what it's telling you it can you've proven to yourself how you can act in moments of adversity and so you know i i am a better 
dad today and I am a better businessman because of what I do on a daily basis in the gym. And wow. it's now like, that's the secret sauce for, for me. It's like, I go down and pound myself in the gym and I know that, you know, my calls that day and the decisions I make will be better for everybody around me. Um, and I think it's the same for those guys and those that aren't using that to their advantage. Like I talk about a Matthew Wolf, like I bet I could, you know, I would love to talk to him and be like, Hey dude, like I, I got something for you that isn't going to be something a doctor's going to prescribe. And it's not a medication. It's going to be go sit on that assault bike over there and pound yourself for five minutes and tell me how you feel after. And I'd be like, wow, I feel great. Like I'm confident. Um, my head's clear and I'm not nervous. Like, you know, and th all that stuff he's going through is so real. And I can relate to all of it, by the way, I'm, 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 a, I'm a recovering alcoholic. Like I use this for my recovery. Um, and you know, I probably have gone through a lot of things that maybe he's gone through anxiety type stuff that um that's a huge like i mean the world is on those guys shoulders if they allow it to be because you know i think the beauty that some of them can you know execute is that they shelter themselves and live in these bubbles but if you really allow yourself to stretch and see what you're involved in it's a big deal you know and so it's like you know and as far as you allow yourself to kind of see that and grip that like what he did at the us open um yeah. at um in new york uh yeah, not Beth Page. He was a, it was the um, no, no Shinnecock. Uh, Shinnecock? No, it's one of my I, favorite I can keep sports. going. I can keep going. It's a tilling uh, house. It's um, it was Long uh, Long Island, right? I'll think of it. Uh, Wingfoot. Wingfoot. Now, Wingfoot. Where are the guys drinking Wing, here? Wingfoot. Yeah, where are the Wingfoot. Hey. <laughs> there's another one i'd like to carry out they um he but you know it was him I mean, he, was unflappable. Yeah. he was unflappable there you know um that you know like you know some of the, like you go as matthew wolf and look back at that you're like holy smokes like i could have won the u.s open you know it's like the moment where like it's in tin cup where it's like I just blew the U.S. Open, you know. It's like, but that's that's super. That's super real. And then you take like things. He's unique, right? Like, how does social media play a role in that kid's life, where he has the goofy swing? And I've seen it with athletes that that I deal with, where they're like, you know, there could be a five thousand comments on something that they post, and there's one that says. I bet you use steroids and it derails them mm -hmm. for a week, you know? Mm -hmm. And so a kid like that, I mean, I don't know where his issues lie and like how he's dealing with them, but I can tell you right now, it's not hard for them to find problems and doubt because of all the shit that's out there right now. Like you, all you gotta do is like spend enough time on social media as a golfer. And I'll tell you, it'll mess your golf game up. Cause I'm sure those guys in the public <laughs> eye, get insanely yeah. criticized for some things. And if you, you know, if you get dark in that tunnel, I mean, it's not hard. And so, yeah, I would say, I'm sorry on this tangent, but guys like that, like I would say like, dude, I'm sure Scott would help him. Scott's one of the greatest guys I've ever been around my entire life. He sells fitness to anybody who wants to talk about it. Matthew Wolf should talk to Scott. Like it's changed his life on all those things that I'm talking about and physically, and it made him a better dad. And it, you know, it's made him a better professional golfer, but you know, that stuff can help the value around, you know, getting your heart rate and getting uncomfortable, you know, in a gym is so transferable it's insanely valuable and it's so easy it's just like it's not easy but it's like just go down and like get super uncomfortable today and see how you react and if you didn't do a good job go try to do it tomorrow like you know yeah. it's pretty simple yeah
Yeah. Well, think about how many filters the body has. And I mean, filters are built for a reason, right? I mean, it's made to, to push stuff through them and, uh, and filter it out. So, yeah. I have a, I have a lot like I, you know, uniquely in our space, we have a fair amount of friends that have been through, you know, uh, buds training or Navy seals. Um, it's, you know, we're very linked to the special forces community with CrossFit and there's some of the most unique human beings you'll ever be around in your life because, you know, you talk about like choosing pain or CrossFit's like, you know, a, a, a trip to the beach compared to what they go through for that six months. And they, you know, it's, um, it's the thing they speak to most through this training. Cause I've always tried to be like, why do you guys, why do they do this to you? They like bring you to death and back. And it's not physical training. It's mental training. It's to prove to these guys that there's no limit to your body. Like your body goes, you know, 50%, a hundred percent further than you actually, your mind thinks it can go. And we're here to prove to you, to you that because you're going to be in a situation where it's life and death for your teammates and maybe your country. So we want to make sure you're ready for it. Um, you know, the mind, the mind is very limiting. Um, and I think, you know, on a, a smaller scale, you know, a, a methodology like CrossFit can help you with that. Sure. Is, is that what drove you to say on 15 that you could make a, a hole in one on 16? Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm a little, I can be a little confident sometimes anyway, but I, um, I, you know, I have learned though enough through my athletic career and then particularly in here, um, I've gained a lot of confidence through this, but you know, confidence is a far better position to sit in than, than a, a, a position of weakness. Um, you have to believe that too. Right. You know, and I truly believed I was going to make a hole in one, by the way, I want you guys to know that I literally thought of it the night before I walked in there and I was like thinking about my celebration, but that stuff's like, yeah, I mean, I mean, it, I think everything I've done in my life has helped me get to that point, but CrossFit's contributed a ton to that. And I, I don't, um, you know, I can, again, I've, I've, I've gained some confidence through my athletics, you know, but I'm telling you like that position, you know, borderline cocky is the place that you want to be with probably anything you do because it's going to translate to a lot more success. It's very interesting. You say that because, you know, you talk about the seal training and we heard about tiger doing the seal stuff back in like in the, you know, the early two thousands or this and that. And then we hear about him telling Charlie, his son, um, at the event last year, the father-son event, he said, make sure, and, and this is kind of his tip to, to Charlie, was, and he gets this, all this from his dad, is make sure the next swing you take, you act like it's the most important swing you're ever going to take. Yeah, that, I've loved listening to some of this stuff with him and seeing how like he'll parent comparatively to all we've read. And, um, you know, he's seemingly given the kid all the tools and the right advice. Um, it, it's, um, but that's so true. It's, you know, you know, it's the hardest thing in life is to live in the moment. The past is the past. It's done. There's really zero you can do about it. Uh, the only thing you control is what's in front of you. Um, and you know, there's li there's limited things you even control that's in front of you, and you got to focus on those things. Um, but yeah, that's. Um, I mean, that's. I mean, could there be any like think about your dad's the greatest guy to ever put a golf club in his hand? He probably doesn't. You know, it's his dad to him, right? So there's not like this like weird you know, sort of, you know, view from him on that. But I, I'm sure that, I mean, wow, what a great, like, that's solid from Tiger. Like, that's some, like, real cool advice um, that kind of, like, you know, grounds everything. It's like, hey, Charlie, forget about everything else. Like, you're Tiger Woods' kid, by the way. Um, 
<laughs> just fo- focus on the shot. And if that, you know, I mean, I would assume that that kid just looking at like everybody's already trying to put a lot of pressure on him. And I think Tiger's doing a lot of good work trying to shelter the kid. Sort of. He's bringing him to that father son every year, which isn't really sheltering him. But, but they, um, but whatever. Like, I think he's like got it in the right spot. I mean, I'd be surprised if that kid's not a really good player. You know, yeah. I, I just, are you taking the, you taking the over under that tiger and Charlie show up to the par three and, uh, Charlie has most of the shots. Oof. I'm actually you, you, going, you, you, you can, you can cancel, you can cancel the Charlie hits most of the shots things, but tiger actually may carry his own bag and Charlie may just uh, go along beside of him and just hit a lot of shots. That's a tough, that's a tough walk, by the way. So, um, I, you know, I think everybody's sort of looking at like, ah, oh, maybe he'll come back and make this like, you know, Superman entrance into to Augusta. There's no way if, you know, that be his first tournament back. If anybody's ever been to Augusta, it's, that's a physical test. Extreme as, as a spectator, it's a tough day. Yeah. I mean, you know, you can't really see it till you see, you know, until you're there and you experience it. Um, but that would be so, you know, it's funny. Like I'm taking my son to the masters this year, oh, uh, Wednesday, wow. Thursday. Awesome. And, uh, like my dad took me and so I'm so we were supposed to go the first year of the p- pandemic, you know, and he's been like literally like pining to go and it's been great. I'm actually glad that we've had a couple of years. Cause I think he's like more in tune with what's going on, but man, I didn't even think of that. That would be so cool. If the, the, if he played that, yeah. um, it'd be interesting to see how present he is. I mean, it's obvious he's not playing in that golf well, tournament. Nan- Nance was needling the shit out of him about, uh, are you, are you going to be there? Right. And he said, well, there's one dinner you don't miss and that's the champion. He's going to be there. Yeah. He'll be there Tuesday night. And again, I mean, you said it, right? I mean, if you're Tiger Woods, son, I mean, yeah, you probably know you're his son, but it's like that. We, we, we can at least go play the par three. I'll carry the bag. I, I feel like, I feel like Charlie Woods gets to play Augusta whenever he wants. So it's kind of <laughs> a unique experience for him, but um, certainly with 50,000 people there that day, it probably is a little bit of a different play, but uh, I mean, there'd be no better environment for him to get some experience for the kid. There's literally like 30,000 people around those small nine holes. Yeah. Um, that's a pretty wild, like that's one of the coolest days in golf. I've been I agree. to a lot of golf and um, that Wednesday at Augusta is special. It yeah. Is. That's totally, a, totally that's agree. a super cool day. So yeah. I hope he plays. That'd be fun. I'd love to be there for it. That'd be really, really cool. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, Dan, you wrap up with any questions you have. Uh, Matt O'Keefe has been way too kind and generous with his time. Uh, we'll let him finish up and then, and then we'll do a little rapid fire for him. And, oh, uh, I was going to go into rapid fire now. So that's fine. So first, off um, hold on hold on if you're gonna go rapid fire okay. matt anything else that we missed anything you want to talk about before we get into some fun questions not that they all haven't been fun but you know they've been great honestly it's i love talking about golf i love blending the two you know my two worlds honestly i'm a huge advocate for it um and i plan on continuing to i think that um you know, like I keep saying, I'm a member at a club and yep. I've got a lot, like a lot of my buddies interested in fitness and I'm excited to see more of that. I think it changes, um, how long and how people can enjoy it because it, you know, I, I, it's funny, we've done some work for the tour 
around their active platform and, you know, Noble's going to be, you know, partner with them on some stuff like that. And, you know, some of my messaging has been that to them where it's like, you know, Hey, this is like a really good opportunity to get people to walk 18 instead of riding a cart. Um, so, you know, for me, um, I hope to play a minor role in, in making sure that people that love golf understand that fitness is a way to be a little better at that and maybe improve their life and their game at the same time, honestly. So I think there's a huge future for it. I'm excited the tour is engaged in it and players are bringing a lot of visibility to it. So um, it should be, it should be fun to see how it plays out over the coming years. Yeah. Off to a good start, man. And uh, yeah, true professional in yourself. And and it's been a pleasure chatting with you. Uh, now it's, uh, it could be a little bit of a shit show. I don't know what Dan has. He didn't, he didn't share the questions with me prior to, and it probably stimulates the questions. I'm ready. Am I going first? Okay. Um, On the road, Matt. So fast food, where are you going? Sorry, say that again. On the road, fast food. um, What is your go-to? Chick-fil-A. I love it. What what do you get? What do you order? Uh, Spicy chicken sandwich. Oh, I love that too. Okay. We we are off. We are off and running. (laughs) Matt, have you written a book? I have not. Are you going to? Because I, I would read that thing in a heartbeat, man. I would like to someday. Honestly, I've got become more and more interested in over or interested in it over some time now. We'll see. I got a lot of work to do before I get there, but maybe no. someday. No, I, maybe I someday. think you should do it in the next couple of years. I think you got an, an, a great story to tell, and then again, and the inspiration thing in terms of like the mental game and everything else. I think you're right there, and I think I I could learn from reading your book for sure. Well, thank um, you. I appreciate that. I am six two. I weigh 195 pounds. I know I need to lose 10 pounds. <laughs> I, I actually am. I'm six two. How much does Cal need to lose? He's he's Tom Cruise's height. <laughs> <laughs> That's the rapid fire question. You look great the way you are, man. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no short jokes. No short jokes. Uh, all right. So what? What's so if 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 you're um, so it's it's a two part answer. Um, what's your favorite course to play can be anywhere. And what's the next course you're looking forward to playing that you haven't played? Great question. Um, I'm, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of my home course. I've got to wave that flag. Um, I'll give you a, a home course and an away course, but Salem country club in PBD, Massachusetts, historical Donald Ross. And I'm, I'm like, I pinch myself every day that I get to play golf there. It's such a privilege. Um, so, and if people haven't call me, I would love to take you out. It, it's a special, it's his last golf course. Essentially. You know, what's happening on this call, right? You know, the purpose, the whole purpose. Yeah. 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 You, you work, <laughs> working it in. Come on up, honestly. Um, so Salem and you know, I, I love Waterville in Ireland. Um, I'm an Irish. Uh, I'm almost hundred percent Irish. I just did my genealogy test. So I'm pretty close, but the, um, but I, I've, played over there a bunch of times and that's a special day for me playing there just like i love that place awesome awesome yeah it, what, what are you looking forward to playing i guess that was what you're looking oh, what was the last part the sport no 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 what club what what, what, what club course? what golf course are you looking forward to playing next oh of course um I'm I'm looking for, I'm going to take a trip to Scotland in the fall with um, the founder of Noble. It's his 50th birthday. Um, They, you know, they're new in the golf business. It's excitement. He wants to take a golf trip. Um, So we're going to play St. Andrews, Carnoustie. Um, I've always wanted to play St. Andrews. Like I, that kind of like ties the, the golf thing together for me. 
Um, everybody wants to play Augusta. Yes, I do. Like, you know, I'm going to work on that and I'm going to make that happen someday, but being able to step on that, that soil to me will be like, I, I think that'll be an out of body experience. Like it just, you know, yeah. everything started and happened there. And, uh, I honestly, I can't wait to get over there. Back to me. Um, Let's see. I think we. I think we asked most of the things I wanted to ask, Cal. I got one. So, Go so ahead. I'm not a CrossFitter. I'm not a CrossFitter. Uh, I know what it is. Uh, I've I've got a lot of buddies that are, and, and not a lot. I've got a few buddies that are. What's the best way? If I if I hear about it, I see it. I see what's happening. What's the best way for me to get into CrossFit? Uh, honestly, to to join an affiliate, a CrossFit gym, um, I think find a coach is the answer, right? The it's you know I wouldn't suggest anybody start that in their garage. I think it's um, you know go learn the right technique to be safe because there's a lot of different movements that come into that, and you know finding a cool you know a, a good local affiliate. CrossFit gyms are called affiliates, mm. um, is the way to go. You know, there's a lot of great gyms out there uh, and they'll take the time to teach you proper technique so then you can move fast and get your heart rate up but that would be the way to go about it i highly suggest walking through the doors of a crossfit gym it changed my life awesome awesome. favorite favorite club in the bag oh boy um i (laughs) i i i love my wedge my, my well, I have a bunch of them, but I my uh, fifty my fifty fifty degree yeah my fifty degree okay. I I I mean I like I hit it really reasonably far so I have a lot of shorter distances in into holes so I um I just love the creativity with like shorter clubs like that hitting them low you know playing you know shape and spin um so you know 50 56 like those clubs are super fun to me would you rather buy a new club or get a golf lesson yeah i would probably take a lesson i i'm like i just changed my clubs in the pandemic for the first time in like a long time because i as i got back into golf they told me that the 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 i think the square grooves weren't allowed anymore <laughs> so i was like <laughs> if i'm gonna compete i've got to get back into the new updated equipment but i i ride a driver for like five years people like to change that stuff every year like i need to know <clears throat> what's gonna happen when i'm really weak with the driver so i don't change clubs i'll take a lesson any okay. day of the week okay outside of friends and family who is your early lean as your favorite for augusta this year so outside of who friends and family yeah so like so in other words you know people you know just who's your early lean for augusta who who you think's gonna win this year oh um i I, i'll give you my a dark horse too i I think that uh, yeah i think i think that i feel like justin thomas is going to put it together soon there um you know i really do i would i'd love to see him win so i feel like we're close with him so i'll pick him okay and then um you know, if he can be a little less hard on himself, maybe that'll help. But the, um, I think Tony Finau is going to win there someday. Ah. I, like, he, he just, I, he's, you know, again, 
he's getting some experience under tension. He won in the playoff last year. Yep. He's got the game to be really successful there. Um, and he's always reasonably successful there. I feel like, I feel like that guy is going to put it together there at some point, like be that guy that maybe never wins another major or another big tournament aside from that. Because I, I, I mean, oh, the, the guy's one of the best players in the world and has been for a while. So I don't want to discredit that, but yeah. I don't know that he fits major golf other than there. Really? Absolutely. Your first, your first pick, I like. Your second, yeah. uh, I, think there, yeah. I, I, I think there's, I think there's too many people ahead of him that are True. probably that that I, I don't think he's going to be able to beat other individuals at that golf course. Yeah, but Dan's, win, it, Dan's it, winning the one and done this year, so don't really worry about Cal. Says, I think I like your pick, and I do want, I do think we need to get back on. And I want you to finish your thought. I'm sorry to cut you off. I do want to get you, get you back on after you go there, and I want to hear all your thoughts about how the experience was. I will. I will. I'll definitely do that. The It was a dark horse pick, Cal. So no, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. But, but, but no, honestly, you know it's funny. We, you know, I'm in I'm in some golf pools, but we all know that there's a small group of people that can compete at that level, right? Like there's like that's like this great separator. And then there's like 20 golfers that are in the in the conversation at all these majors that can kind of. You know, you know, people are like Xander Shoffley. Like, when's he going to figure it out? Like, he's good. Like, he's going to figure I it out. I don't think Xander's a dark. I, I don't think Xander's a dark horse there. I no, don't think no. he is. I think Xander has, has a, who, you know, who I think is a dark horse there that you're going to be like, well, you're dumb as fuck is uh, <laughs> Rory, Rory McElroy. I think Rory McElroy to win at Augusta is a dark horse. I mean, I, I know, I know what the definition of a dark horse is, but if we're talking about one course and one tournament, I think. I think Roy McIlroy is the dark horse that he's ever going to win a Let me pick a dark I mean, horse real quick. I'm going to pick Tiger as my dark horse. I mean, it's like literally the conversation is going to start after the players about how Rory's playing well and he's got a chance to win Augusta and completes all the Grand Slam. We're gonna we're gonna talk about this again every year for the next 15 years. So that's not a dark horse. Yeah, yeah. that's why I think he's a dark horse because it's probably not going to happen. He has some darkness around that place i'll tell you that <laughs> that's what i'm saying i mean i, th- I think there's some uh there's some demons i actually thought his there. best chance to win was the, the when dj won in the fall it was a very different course it was playing a lot slower and there was no pollen which maybe he's allergic to that kind of thing but yeah i mean who knows i mean i think i think we're gonna do it I and mean, we're gonna do anything he wants to do like you like you he needs to do more crossfit yeah, that, that that could be it. It is a physical test. It is that you know I I can't wait for that tournament. By the way, I'm oh, so excited. Like yeah. that is the best four days of television oh, ever. It's when the, it's like that's to me that's New Year's. And you're going that, Wednesday that, Thursday. That, that is actually the New Year. Yeah, I'm gonna go in Wednesday and Thursday. That's, that's, that, those are the two best days. Well, I mean, other than Sunday, but they're like the two best days to go because you get to see that part three. You get to do a practice round, and like you were talking about earlier. In terms of like catting on, on on the Monday for Scott over at the Phoenix, right? There is no bad day to go watch golf or participate. I mean, these guys are the best players on the planet. Every day is phenomenal. Cal and I have been to plenty of practice rounds. I mean, just like Rory's uh, or somebody, somebody else said, I forgot who it was during the pandemic. I forgot who it was. And the MMO was talking about it. Maybe MMO might have talked about it when he was on the pod with us, Cal. That somebody was watching Rory play over at, uh, at Colonial 
because it's like there's no there's no fans there and it's like it was like a practice round at colonial and it's just i'm gonna go watch the best player on the planet go play golf and it's, it's just so much fun those rounds are underappreciated but then you get to go wednesday and thursday dude you, you've got the best you got the best days that is yeah i mean that those turn like i'm gonna be at the players um no, those weeks are tense you know because i mean players the biggest payday there is right i mean that's yep. 20 million bucks this yep. year um and there's, you know, obviously huge status, you know, um, stuff that's involved in it. Yeah. They, when you go to a regular tour stop week, like Monday and Tuesday, I mean, if I'm, if I'm going, I'm taking my kid to like experience something. That's when I'm going like the, the, like go to the Phoenix on like, listen, Phoenix open on Wednesday this year was bedlam. There was a hundred thousand people on that property on Wednesday. And it was like, you can't, <laughs> I luckily could walk inside the room. Can't even move around. Yeah. A fun tournament, go to Greensboro on a Wednesday. That's fun to go and actually see and walk and get close to people. Now, granted, I mean, you gotta want to kind of get close to golf. Uh, and, and you don't have the hoopla of the, and I don't mean it in a negative way. I mean, but it's, it's, it's not the, uh, the, you know, there's no circus in town, but you actually get to go and watch and interact with people. And I mean, you'd be surprised at the, 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 uh, the receptivity of the players, uh, you know, of, of interacting with the fans. They're great with the fans. Do you know, I, you know, all of them, honestly, like for the most part, like I'm sure there's some that aren't, but like they're, they're uniquely incredible. I watch a lot of it when, when I was, you know, there or I've been around, and you know, other tournaments. They're just so good with them, like that, and that's when they can be less locked in. You know. Um, by the way, about I don't remember the guy's last name, but the practice round, the, the kid's first name is Bryce. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, it was. I had. I, I said earlier, it was uh, uh, Bryce Stanley, Bryce, right? Bryce Garnett. Bryce Garnett. Yeah, Bryce Garnett. 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 Great, great guy. Yeah. Awesome guy. Yeah. Awesome guy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, awesome. Yeah. Uh, so, Matt O'Keefe, you have been very generous with your time, sir. Uh, I know you got better stuff to do and talk with us clowns. But, it was fun. Um, Gosh, it was so much fun. Yeah. I mean, I've had a great time. I can't time. wait to have you back. Yeah. We have so much more I'm, to talk I'm, about. I'm pumped. I'm pumped to come back. Guys, thanks for having me. This is awesome. Again, I keep saying it, but it's like cool with my world's clash. And, um, but, you know, hopefully I have another experience on the bag coming up soon and, and we can talk back, back about that. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, hopefully we'll uh, we'll get out to play around at golf sometimes. So well, let's do uh, come up we'll... come up to the U.S. Open. Uh, it's it's in Brookline this year at the, at the Country Club, and I my course is about twenty minutes from there, so I'll be there all week. We, we, or I'll be hosting. I, I'm already getting a list of people that are coming in. So come on in. We'll get out for a run. Awesome. Well, if we get if we get on enough lists, we may uh, we may actually get in. So uh, you know, a, a list is never a bad thing, even though people think it is. But, uh, are you guys going to be at the players? Uh, no, it's not, maybe, the, not the player. I don't think Dan is. No, I maybe. we're we're we're, uh, we're gonna go to well. We're gonna like, the next one we're going to is Wells. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, when he says we, he doesn't speak for me. Yeah, he's he'll be at Wells too. Just yeah. saying. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't, PB, if you're listening, uh, you know, still waiting. Still waiting. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll let you guys know if I'm gonna be anywhere. Um, so maybe we can bump into each other. Uh, that'd, be, that'd be great, sir. Uh, Matt O'Keefe, CEO of HWPO Training. Sir, it has been a pleasure. Thanks for chatting with us, my friend. And uh, I'm looking forward to uh, more conversations at around the golf bed. Cheers. Cheers. Let's do it. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me.